this morning. Pastor Rusty. Uh, thank you, Pastor. Thank you. Get all the electronics situated here. <laughs> Live in an electronic church, dear Lord. That's okay. Praise God. We know we just came through Thanksgiving. You know, yesterday was Black Friday. Tomorrow's Cyber Monday. I'm ready for Taco Tuesday. Man, you know, <laughs> Thanksgiving is rough on you, you know. Around my house, we do things traditionally. We have to have all the traditional stuff usually three times a year. And after a while, you know, you're walking around, man, do I feel like a turkey. I feel like something's wrong, you know. I don't know if you know about it, but in the news lately with all things going on in Israel, there's a lot of uh, information coming out about the possibility of the rapture. Oh, man, I can't wait. And, and the thing with me is I, I, I kind of get a jump on it because I start walking like this. You know, hey, you hey, you know, it may look strange, but you know, I'm kind of get a jump on things. I'm ready to leave this world. You know, I love God's people and I love being here, but boy, compared to all of eternity with the Lord, it's so much better to do that. You know, my wife really gets into the holidays. Love that woman. She is an avid animal lover. Some of you, I've, I've talked to you about her, and, and you know, we got animals everywhere. And here a few months ago, she acquired a bearded dragon, a lizard, a big lizard, you know. And, and uh, she sent me a picture the other day. Now, I think she went a little bit too far. She made a little pilgrim's hat and put it on the lizard. It, you know, I don't think they were made for that. But she took a picture and sent it to me, you know, and, and it kind of, you know, kind of said, you know, I don't think, I said, you know, I don't think that's what happened in the first Thanksgiving. I don't think Lizzie's was there. On top of that, she never made me no pilgrim hat to wear. Man, you know. But praise God, I'm glad you're here this morning. Tis the season. You see that word tis. You know, if you lived in the 1700s back there, that was a very common word. You know, tis so pretty outside. Man, tis, this is good, you know. Everything was tis. When I was growing up in the 70s and 60s, everything was groovy. You know what? You ever stop to think where people come up with those words, you know, that, things like that, groovy? You know, for me, I like things that were straight and even and smooth, but everything was groovy. Groovy, man, groovy. We even had groovy gravy. <laughs> Couldn't put that out. Groovy gravy, it didn't even sound right. But everybody had a word that they used. And my wife and I, when we first got married, you know, she pulled out some words I never heard before. And one of those words, you know, she, she, she taught reading in school. But I remember one day we're sitting eating together and she said, I'd like to have an oochadat. We talked about that a while. She said, I'd like to have, just have a little oochadat. And I thought, an ooch? Woman speaking Hebrew or what? She said, I'd like to have a little oochadat. She reached over and got just a little bit with her spoon. And then not too long after that, she, I was sitting somewhere and she said, why don't you scooch over some? She added a SC and turned the ooch into a scooch. And I thought... <laughs> Hey, now maybe she's speaking a little bit of Greek, you know. I didn't know what she was doing. Like I asked a guy one time, anybody here know a little bit of Greek? And the guy said, yeah, I know one that works down there and has his own deli on Fifth Street. I said, that is not the kind of Greek I'm talking about. And, you know, here's the deal. But she said she used ooch and a scooch, and then we were doing some painting or something. She said, that needs just a smidget more paint. Now she's talking smidget, which is a, a, which is a kind of slang for the word smidgen. And I'm thinking all of these words, I'm thinking, what do they mean? What, what is all of that, you know? And then revelation came. 
You know, when, you, when, you, when you're with the Lord, you can get revelation. I thought, you know what? If we have three kids, I got three names. Ooch, Scooch, and Smidgen. <laughs> I say, thank you, God. But, but you know what? I was not going to stop there. I couldn't do that. I had to add a Bob in there, Scooch Bob, Smidgen Bob, you know. But that's how that all came about. All that was to talk about tis. <laughs> tis the season for hope. Folks, let me tell you something. You know, you can't make assumptions about people. That's one thing that I learned when I was working highway patrol back in the day. You can't look at a person and just assume what that person is doing, who they are, or what they're trying to do. The same holds true with people. Just because they have a smile on their face, just because it looks like everything's going good in their lives, you can't assume that everything's okay inside. Now, I'm not just talking about those who don't know the Lord, but I'm talking about Christians. And let me say this to you, because life sometimes gets so hard and you're hit so many ways at so many different times, people start losing hope. They start thinking, God, what's going on here? Why isn't things, why aren't things getting better for me? Why aren't I seeing things happen in, in, in a better way in my life or in the lives of other people? And man, I'm telling you, you won't know that unless you start talking to them. And they'll say, they're just little hints that they'll give. And you know that something's ebbing on the inside of their lives. And this is what I've seen in a lot of God's people over the years in ministry in the nursing home ministry that I did for many years, talking to people out on the street. They have a lack, there's a lack of hope in their lives. And that holds true not only for those who are not saved, but those who are born again. So what I want to do and primarily what I want to talk about is God's hope, supernatural hope, because God is a supernatural being. Thank God that he is. And when you get born again, you become a supernatural being also because you become one with him in Christ Jesus. So what I want to start off is I want to put up the definition of God, God's definition of hope. Hope is the confident expectation of the goodness of God. Now, one thing I want to say about this, I don't want to center on confidence too much. I'm going to talk about that just briefly here in just a few moments but confidence is very important to have. Let me just say this at the outset, though. Confidence comes through knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. What you understand in God's word, what you know about God's word, what the ability, wisdom is the ability to use knowledge. What you know and understand about the work of righteousness in Jesus Christ, how salvation even came about in the first place, why the lamb was slain from the foundation of the world, what justification is all about. All of these things, what you know and understand about this will bring confidence in your life. Many of you have experienced this and when you started your first job, you didn't know exactly how to do it and man, you just kind of fumble fingered around for a long time. You might have messed stuff up, but over a period of time, you learn how things work and you became very confident. And then when a new person came in, boy, you just walk over there and say, you know what, I can show you how to do this. I have confidence in what I can do. The same holds true when it comes to understanding hope. Hope is the confident expectation of the goodness of God. Remember Moses came before God one day and he said, Lord, he said, I want to behold your glory. Really, he said, what he was saying is, I want to see you. Man, that's what I would have said. God, I want to see you. And God caused all of his goodness 
to pass before him. Think about that. All of God's goodness, all of his mercy, all of his grace, all of his holiness, all of his justification, all of his righteousness, he calls to pass before Moses. Now look at this. It is the earnest expectation expectation of all of God's goodness, not just 10% of it, not just a little bit. Sometimes we feel like we we're just in a soup line, you know. <laughs> Christians go through a soup line when it comes to God. Well, here comes a preacher. He needs more than the next guy. Well, here comes this guy. All he's going, well, this, you know, this is just a guy who's going to go through life. Let's just give him a little ladle full. It's not like that. To every man, in Romans 10, to every man hath been dealt the measure of faith, not a measure. Along with faith came hope. Along with, that, along with that faith came God's goodness, not just a little bit of it, all of it. You need to be in expectation of the total goodness of God. God explained it to me like this. God, you know, the Lord will speak to you on your level. Not saying I'm dumb or anything like that. But he was speaking to me here recently. He said, righteousness is like a suitcase. I said, how's that, Lord? He said, well, you know, the suitcases you used to get in the older days, they didn't have wheels on them. Dear Lord, would you ever thought a suitcase had wheels on it when you were growing up? I didn't. It would have a handle that would extend up and down. People didn't know that. A suitcase was just something you put stuff in and closed it and you locked it and you went on down the road and had a handle on it. He said, righteousness is like a suitcase. He said, when you are made my righteousness in Jesus Christ, everything comes with it. He said, I don't leave anything out. You ever packed a suitcase and you have to have somebody come over and sit on it so you can close it? <laughs> and you know, we used to do that. And, and I watched my granddaughter do that a long time back. She sat on that thing and I thought, dear Lord, if that thing comes loose in the airport, your drawer's gonna be all over that airport. <laughs> Man, that thing like a spring. I said, if that thing fails, you know. <laughs> hey, I see what you can, you know. That'd be crazy. He said, righteousness is like a suitcase. He said, it all comes in righteousness. If you're made the righteousness of God in Christ, this all comes with it. All of my goodness, all whom I am, all of my virtues, all of my holiness comes with it. Now listen, you ought to have confidence right now. If you're born again, if you're not, you're gonna have a chance to before this service is over with. But listen, you ought to have confidence in the fact, in the fact that if you are born again, you have, you have God's hope. It all came when you were made the righteousness of God in Christ. Look at that first scripture on there. It says, glory to God. Now this is, this is from Luke chapter two, verse 14. You hear this in the Christmas season. This is when the shepherds are out tending their, their, their flocks. And then there's an angel. Then there's, suddenly there's a host of angels. You know how come so many angels showed up on that morning? Are they not all ministering spirits for those who shall, who, who shall become uh, 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 heirs, of heirs, heirs of God? In other words, they're all getting their heavenly assignment. Man, they're all ready, ready to go. This is what we're made to do. This is what we're created to do. We're gonna minister to God's people. And there was a, suddenly a great host, and this is what they said. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. You know, up until that time, there was no peace between God and man. 
This is not talking about peace between people because we can see that's not the case right now. There will be a time when that happens, but look at this. He says, on earth, peace. In other words, God's saying, I'm declaring peace. My son is being born into this earth. He's going to be the one who takes sin. Behold the Lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world, John said. Who taketh away that core root problem that separates every man from God. He's going to take it away. On, on earth, peace. Look at the next part. Good will toward men. Good will toward you as an individual. All of it. Not just 10%, not just a little bit, but all of God's goodness toward you. Man, that puts a different aspect on expectation, doesn't it? Man, God, you mean I can expect all of your goodness in my life? Yeah, because you got the ultimate goodness in Christ. He is the very, the brightness of, of God's glory, it says in the book of Hebrews, he is the very brightness of God's glory, the brightness of all of God's goodness. And if you're born again, he dwells on the inside of you in his fullness. You're full of his goodness. Speak it out, dream it out, ex express it in your life, praise God. Look at this next scripture, Psalms 27. This is what David said, I like this. David said, I had fainted or I had had a nervous breakdown, or I would have been depressed. All the wheels would have fallen off the chariot. Had I not believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Now here's David, he's not born again. He's on the right track. He's, a, he's acting not only as king, he's acting as a prophet. He had the Holy Spirit upon him like all of those did who dealt with the masses of the people. But here he is prophesying something that you and I are seeing in our lives as believers. He said, I would have fainted. Man, I would have been disheartened. I couldn't have gone on. I would have been shipwrecked had I not believed to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. And he saw God's goodness, didn't he? And he did. Did he live a perfect life? Far from it. <laughs> you read about the life of David, oh man, he did some stuff and I'm thinking, dear Lord, God, if he can do that and, and come away with it, how, how much better are we now that we're made the righteousness of God in Christ? How much more are we as your sons and daughters created in Christ Jesus, created in right, true righteousness and holiness? Now look, this ought to build up your confidence. This ought to make you expect something in a season and a time when so many people are so disheartened. So many get what they call the Christmas blues. Man, old Elvis sang about, you know, I'm going to have a blue Christmas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I sack decorations of red on a blue Christmas tree. I used to listen to that and I'd think, man, <laughs> you know, that just didn't sound right. You know why? Because he was blue. He, was, he, he needed expectation. He needed hope. I don't know what happened to Elvis. I hope he received the Lord. I heard that he did. Dear Lord, we'll know when we get to heaven, won't we? He'll change that song around, that's for sure. <laughs> All right, here we go. Here we go. How is it? How do you get, how do you, how do you get God's hope? I don't know how Elvis got in here. Yeah, you know the spirit of Elvis or something. How do you, how do you get God's hope? Here's the answer right here. If you're not born again, listen to this. 
You receive God's hope when you get born again, when you get saved, what people call saved. I always refer to it as being born again, born from above. God's workmanship in Christ Jesus created unto good works, a being that's never been before, a being that has no history. You've heard me make this statement. You know in your spirit you don't have a belly button. And I'll leave it at that and I'll let you figure it out. Huh? I know the answer to that. I heard it the first time and I thought, damn, Lord, I'm going to have to meditate this for a while to get that one. Finally, I got it. <laughs> you know, in your spirit, you don't have a belly button. You're not born between the, you, the, the natural union of a man and woman. You're created of God in Christ. Boy, you know, you can see some mental pictures there. You got an innie or an outie? I ain't got one. Hey, praise God. Look at this. You receive God's hope when you get born again. Boy, Elvis Presley and belly buttons. Dear Lord. Yeah, how'd that go? All right. Look at, look at this scripture. Look at 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 18. Now, I didn't put it all on there. I put little dots out there because I wanted to emphasize the last part. Therefore, if any man, did that leave anybody out? If any man be in Christ, how do you get into him? Believe into him. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Confess with your mouth that he's Lord and you ain't. Or <laughs> nothing else. And thou shalt be saved. Look at this. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is not going to be, is now a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new and all things are of God. Everything that went into your spirit, when you get born again, everything that goes into your being is of God. You think he came and lived on the inside of you and left his hope at the house? Huh? Do you think he came and lived on the inside of you and left his faith up there? You think he came and lived on the inside of you and left his peace there? Listen, this is the new covenant, Christ in you, the hope of glory. God on the inside of you. Paul said, put on that man created in righteousness and true holiness. Come from this base every day of your life. Crucify the flesh daily and walk in the spirit. Walk in newness of life. You have to practice it. Doesn't just come easy. You gotta practice it every day. And when the problems and situations of life come, you keep going. Praise God, you practice this every day. Now look at number three. Look, let's look at this. This is very important. There has to be something hoped for in order for faith to work. You have faith to every man has been dealt the measure. If you're born again, God dealt you the same faith that Jesus had. Not a lesser faith than Jesus. Not a lesser anything of God. Look at what he said. He said, uh, now faith is, look at the, look at the description, Hebrews 11.1. 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. There has to be something hoped for. What is it you're going to hope for? What is it that can you hope for? This is what you hope for. Look at this. Hope in the promises of God. Take the promises of God and picture those promises in your life. This is what the Lord told me to do. He said, look back in your life at all the highlights in your life. There was a lot of them. And I spent a long time and I said, God, that's so awesome. I remember people. I, there were times I could smell the things that were going on at the time. I remember what people were wearing and all those things. And God said, now project that forward. <laughs> I said, 
He said, when you're looking back, it's remembering. When you reverse it the other way, it's hope. He said, take my words, take my promises and put yourself in them. If you have the ability to imagine, to look back and remember that vividly, you have the ability to look ahead and see yourself in that place vividly. I thought, man, God, I kind of knew that, but this is a whole new deal. He said, paint yourself in my picture. Put yourself in my photographs. Put yourself in my, in, in, in my home movies, so to speak. You ever pull out them old home movies every now and then? Man, I can't hardly watch them, man. I, I start crying. Got my mom and daddy on there. Got my grandparents on there. I got good friends on there. We got good times on there. And man, I just start, oh, Lord, this is too hot. But it's good. And God said, paint yourself in my promises. Put yourself there. You have that ability to do that. You ought to have confidence to leave here today. You ought to have confidence to do that in the name of Jesus. Now then, lastly, I want to say this because we run out of time here. I want to give you a chance to receive the Lord. Give faith substance in your life. Give faith substance. You're going to have to open up the word. You're going to have to look at what God's promised. You look over Deuteronomy chapter 28 where it talks about the blessings of God. Go over in, oh, further on into the new covenant and see what God's promised you as his child. Look over in the book of Revelation and see what God's promised. A new heavens, a new earth. The former things forgotten. Behold, I make all things new. See yourself in that newness. How many of you in this room ever try to sit and picture heaven? You ever picture entering into heaven? I do that sometimes and I see myself coming in there and I'm looking up ahead and I see my folks. I can see people I grew up with in church. I can see people have been gone a long time and I can see them waving. <laughs> And man, I can't wait to get there. But I'm just taking my time because it's so awesome. And there's all the saints of God. They're all doing this. Yeah, come on, come on. This is an awesome place. You know what you're doing? You're hoping. You're picturing. You're seeing something. When it comes to your finances, when it comes to relationships, when it comes to anything in your life, take the promises of God and paint yourself in those promises. See yourself in that. Speak it out of your mouth. Dream about it. Praise God. I hope you'll do that this morning. In Jesus' name. Now we want to give you an opportunity to receive the Lord. Now listen, I just want to preface this with this. And I'll let the pastor come up and do this part of it. Jesus did the hard part. He did the hard part. You know what you got to do? Receive what he did. Believe into him. He's the ark. He's the garden. He is, he, he, in him is the fullness of God, full of grace and truth. Believe into him. I always get the picture of a large, like a large swimming pool. And you know, it's the water's so cool and the water looks so inviting. I got to get into the pool. As long as you're out here, you're catching all the sun. You're not enjoying anything. Man, the winds, you know, whatever's going on around you is eating you up. So you got to get into the water. 
Come and drink freely of the water. It's a gift in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Come on, Pastor.